Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to Starbucks in the Morning. I'm your host, Anthony DiNardo. With me, we got Jim Rosati. Jim, happy Monday. Happy Monday. Good morning. Doubleheader yesterday was a little rough, so I had a good night's sleep. Did you? That's good to hear. I did. Yeah. I can't say I had a good night's sleep, but it is what it is. But that was rough. That was a long day. It was a long day just for us, just watching the game and not even like doing anything. I can't even imagine, you know, if you attended both games or if you worked both games or, you know, the players split double headers, in my opinion, are just like the worst things that baseball ever created. Like if you're going to have a double header, just play it back to back. Like there's no reason for an hour and a half, two hours in between. Like, let's just do it like we always used to. There were like 10,000 fans in the stands that second game. Like you telling me you, you, we couldn't have held a, a regular doubleheader there, but whatever. Oh, yeah. You know, that's uh money reasons, but whatever. Whole said. other topic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's. uh <laughs> Welcome. Mike says you two old bastards. Um, <laughs> right. But uh, let's, let's make this a little more pleasant today. But yeah, let's. We're going to talk about. Uh, we got a question in our Discord. Told people ask us some. We're going to talk about maybe who we think are some future pirates. Like who has a spot on this team. We're going to talk about the uh, the upcoming Mets series, a three game series. There's an off day this week, Jim. And then, uh, of course, we'll talk about our prospect wrap up. So, I guess first thing first, let's get into uh, this this question we had, which I think is pretty good. Uh, I think right now, obviously, we're in the middle. Smack dab in the middle. It's the 14th, basically, of August. Uh, you've seen most of, and when I say most of the, the Young Bucks, the ones you expect to see this year, obviously, like, Tamar's not here. Solid Maid is not here. Like, those guys are still a ways off a bit. But the guys you expect to see this year, they've all pretty much been here. You've gotten a good taste seeing, like, who who has what, you know, whatever. So I guess, like, let's, let's kind of run down and see who has a future for this team. I like it. So where do you want to start? And I guess when so I let's say that do too, this, let's yes, do, like, let's do obvious. Or yeah, like we don't have to talk about Brian Reynolds. Does he have a future? Or, or, or can Brian too? Hayes? Like they're locked <laughs> up, but like everybody else, I feel like we could do. And let's do this in a way like let's rank them. Like let's rate them one through ten. We don't have to rank the players, but give give them a rating one through ten. Ten. This guy is one hundred percent going to be a, a key piece you know in the in the future pirates one being there's no chance this guy has any role with the with the pirates going forward so and then you know kind of anywhere in between you want to do that i like it i like it all right okay do we want to okay so mm-hmm. i'll never give up the obvious out but like let's start with angel mccutcheon future like, how far in the future i guess are we going like, 
the next winning the next winning team because I think Andrew McCutcheon might say might might speak some volumes of what we think about that too. It's, it's a so. I think this team, especially if they finish around seventy five wins this year, which I think they they can, I think they can have at least a winning record next season. Like I think that's within reach. Depend a lot of stuff has happened pitching wise. So if I'm saying Andrew McCutcheon one through ten, give me a four. And we're talking about winning team or playoff? Like this team's in contention, they're playoff bound. Let's say playoff bound. Okay. Four. I like that number because again, it's loaded. I don't know. I don't think they're a playoff team next year. So we're talking like two years probably out. And is Andrew McCutcheon? I like the four. I think he can hang around, but that long? I don't know. Yeah. Um, I'll go four. I'm going to go with five. I might be a little bit more optimistic just because he looks still, he looks, he's a young 37. That's fair. Um, Jack Sawinski. Um, I'll go, I'll go six with Sawinski just because I feel like he has made strides this year and I think it's possible he can continue to make strides, but there's always that kind of thought lurking in your background that he's just not good. Um, and, and maybe maybe the Pirates trade him for a piece later on because they realize that he's not really something that they need. Uh, I'll go six. Yeah, I like that number. Mm. It's hard to it's hard to stray off that number. Actually, six is is perfect because I think he's a better than fifty percent chance he's on the team. You know, he he was he was traded for by Sherrington. The overall numbers are there. It's an outfield spot. They don't have a whole lot of depth at. I just feel like they they might try to work with him. Maybe a new hitting coach helps him a little bit more. I'm with you, right? Like he's more frustrating mm-hmm. than he is helpful, it seems. But he's still a two-war player at this point in time this year. So I'll say six. Um, Connor Joe. You know what? I'll I'll actually go like seven. On Connor Joe, and what's saving Connor Joe is his service time. Like he's going to be—he's still going to be pre-arb going into next year. He has some value as like a bat off of the bench to face lefties, and capable of playing a few different positions. So I'm—I'm I'm going a little high here. I'm going seven on Connor Joe, and that I think he'll at least be a part of the team. I'm going to say four. All right. I guess I say four because we'll be ARB eligible in 2025. Is he like, like two years from now? Is he seriously really going to be good? Like, are you going to pay to keep him around opposed to other options? Or are you just going to get a better option for probably the same amount of money? I kind of, that's how I feel with Joe. I, I don't think he's good enough that they keep him around. He's not okay. in between. Like he's good enough to be on a, a, a team, but I, just I think like he's someone you're. I think he's someone you're willing to spend up to four million dollars to have on your team. So that puts him as a pirate for three more years. Okay, I say four. 
All right. Um, Bay. Um, I'll give him because of his versatility alone. I'll give him a three, but he's got a hit a lot more than what he's shown so far. Uh, but the versatility alone gives him some value. He's young. He's got a lot of time. I'll give him a three. Like that's that's higher than than his level of play deserves, probably. Me and Bucko might talk almost like right in right in line on these. I mean, that bodes well for you. <laughs> Bucko Mike is the test. <laughs> um, like, like with him, the middle infield is just so rough. Castro's gone. He, he, like, a spot's there from the half. And, like, he's like, because the versatility, because of the speed, I feel like they really, like, they want to have him around. They want to, to push him to, they want him to be part of this future. I'm going for a little more optimistic. Not because I think he's really that good, but I think there's enough talent there that they'll hang on to him. They're going to try. Um, Granted, in the minors right now, a few games he's played, been productive so far. Okay. Fair. So I guess the next guy is, I like to call him Took, Jim. Um, Took Peter Marcon has fallen way out of favor with. Me and I think with the Pirates, I'll give Tuke a one. Like I don't think there's any chance Tuke survives the offseason, to be honest with you. Ooh, that's a hot take. That's that's hot. The offseason even. There's too many options. I mean I never liked them to begin with. Um that's harsh. I never liked the player, the talent. <laughs> I like to. I mean, he seems like a cool I, guy. Yeah, he seems like a fine I'm sure I would yeah. love to. But as a player, I never understood the trade. Um, now with the injury, and like we already talked about the depth, uh, I think they would prefer to have Bay. And like if you're looking at two guys, I, I'm kind of with you with the injury. Who knows? I don't know if he's going to not survive the offseason, but there's there's that chance. Um, I'll go two, though. Just because, again, like Charrington apparently loved him. He was focused and zoomed in to acquire him. I'm going to give him a two. Henry Davis. Um, <clears throat> probably yeah, if we right. were naming people, pro- probably the person I'm most confident about, um, I'll, I'll give Henry Davis like a nine, maybe Stopping even you a, from 10, a 10, but like, I'll, I'll go nine, I'll go nine. And the only reason I'm going nine is just because he doesn't have a position, but at some point he's going to be able to hopefully play a reasonable right field. I don't think they're going to have him catching at all, but the bat is going to come around enough that they're going to find him somewhere. So I'll go nine. Fuck him. I gave him a five I know, <laughs> as I <know>. expected. <laughs> Very on brand. <clears throat> right. Um, I would love to say 10, but I, I feel like with you two, the nine is just simply there because he, I mean, he's the number one pick. That's Charrington's dude. Like to trade him would be so crazy, but, the lack of the position that could be some some crazy way of acquiring like some blockbuster deal that goes down. Henry Davis, I could see being part of it. Just mm-hmm. because Andy's there, the catcher spot, you, you've maneuvered or whatever, and this is your way of getting some great return. I don't know. But uh, yeah, I guess 
I, I want to say like 9.9, but I'll, I'll say nine because there's that chance. Yeah. Because of that reason. Um, Josh Palacios. I thought you were going young players. I'm just saying him. I feel like there's going to be people who say 10. I guess, I guess we went Connor dude. Joe. We went Connor Joe. So I guess we're going Palacios. Um, one. Okay. Fair enough. Same. He's a, he's a lefty corner outfielder. I'll say zero. zero. Yeah. Like I'm zero. one's the lowest. I'm going one through 10. So fine. One. 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 <laughs> Jared Triolo. Um, I don't know how much value a corner infielder who can't hit for power is, but the defense is nice. I'll give Triolo like a four. Like, I think there's a chance that he sticks around as like a utility player, but he's going to have to hit more. I, I say five. I'm a little more optimistic. It's all the same reasons you say too, but I mean the fact that he can play second, he can play short. I know the bat's kind of light. I'm not saying there's nothing there. I, almost not. I'm, I'm not trying to say Jay Hay, but like those are all the things you said about Jay Hay, like when he first came up too. Yeah, you know. So uh, I could see just and again, like we see the lack of defensively the middle infield has right now. And I feel like that's a way Trillo can find his his spot, just because there's nothing at shortstop. He could fill that backup role plus multiple positions. Like he could be what they hoped Marcano could be. Probably less than what they hoped, but still Especially, better than what I mean, Marcano you, is. You could probably teach Triolo corner outfield spots too. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel that um, again. Nick though, needs to hit for sure. Uh, Nick Gonzalez. The profile, I just don't think <clears throat> I just don't think it plays much. And we talk about how crowded this middle infield is. I just don't know if there's gonna be room for him. Yeah, he could be the next Castro in a year or two. Trade it off for mm-hmm. hopefully not a falter this time, but something like that. Just a piece. Um, <laughs> if if Piguero's playing the way he is, yours already cruised. Like there's this log jam middle infielders. Tomorrow's eventually gonna be coming up eventually. Yeah, I mean, Nick Gonzalez, do we believe in him as a prospect? We've said we've been souring him. I give it a four just because, like, again, that's a Charrington draft talent. There's still a chance he figures something out. You know, I, I give it a four. Um, Andy. Ten. Um, Andy's, Andy's a ten. He's your catcher of the future. Um, he's a ten. He will I'm be on right the team it. for a while. I think they even try to lock him up if they can. He's more of a lock to me than Davis just because you know he's the catcher. But I feel both of them are, are part of this next one. <laughs> I'm not going to go too deep. It's Andy. Piguero. Ooh. Um, six. I'm going to say Piguero at least carves out a role as like the backup middle infielder. You'd love it for him to kind of take the reins on the second base job, which he seems to be doing. But I think he has a, a spot on this team. But I still don't know about the bat. It, it's good so far, but he needs to keep that up. I'll give him a six. Six is a really good number, too, because so far he's looking the, the better. So far, still small sample size, but so far he's looking like one of the better of these middle infielders they've thrown out there. But it's hard to be confident in any middle infielder on this club right now. Like 
they could trade Pagaro to get a more legit second baseman or something like that. So I feel like six is because so far he's shown to be the better one, but it's still not good. <laughs> um, Alika. Ooh. I think Alika Williams has some value just because of the glove, but I don't think he's going to like be on the roster when this team's good. So I'll go. I'll go with a two on Alika Williams. Right, right. What I was going to say two. And let me ask you this question: You doing Alika or Triolo? I'll go Triolo over Alika, and that's kind of where I'm at. You know, like yeah. you, you don't. You say the glove, right? But I'd rather have Triolo because he can play around, and I feel like the bat's probably better with Triolo as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so great. Okay, we know O'Neill is. Um, deep cuts. I guess we'll end it here because there's not too much after that. It's really, really interesting. But Kanan Smith and Jigba. For the hitters, I should say. You want to think he could probably carve out the same role that Josh Palacios currently has. Like you want to hope that he can do that, but you can't bank on it. Like I'll go with like a two on Kane and Smith and Jigba. Like the ch- it's possible, but I wouldn't bet on it. That's where I'm at. The fact that like he he had his opportunity and was sent rather quickly away hasn't come back. They've been they've been good with Palacios this whole time. Doesn't doesn't bode too well for me for that came in their future. So yeah, mm-hmm. I'll say two. Yeah. Um okay, I guess for the pitching, we can make this quick. Mitch Keller. I'm not sure if he's a quite obvious, so I'll say his name. I'll go like six on Keller. Oh that's tough. I'll I'll go slightly more optimistic than seven. Okay. Bednar? Five. (laughs) I can't go higher or lower. I, I just... Okay, here's my reasons. I want to say four, but like he should be gone already if they're not going to use him for the one they're winning and competing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you don't hang on to him this long if you're not. You know, I talked to myself. I'm saying a six. I'm saying six. Yeah. Okay. Oviedo. Ooh, um, like a like a nine. I feel good about Johan Oviedo for a while. At least playing some role in this team. Yeah. I guess I'll say seven. I'll say seven. Um, Holderman. Six. Fair. I'll go higher and say seven. Um, Moretta. Two. Ooh. Ooh. Not Big Bank. Two. I'll say four. Yeah. Who you knows how long his shelf life is? That's all. Like, yeah. No, I get that. Uh, It's kind of like the middle infielders. You can't be too confident right now like the rest of the relievers we talk about. But like, there's yeah. certainly opportunity for all of them. Uh, no, I'll say fair. four. Uh, Beto. Two. Two. 
Uh, one. That's where I'm at. We'll move on. Yeah. <laughs> Perdomo. Two. Okay. I was going to say three. I like what I see so far, but he's also old, volatile, and he could be a pumpkin yeah. next year. Yeah. Um. Ooh. Ooh. Andre Jackson. One. Like, we just hyped them up guys, all I, I, I understand that, but like, I don't have faith that these guys can keep this up for years. Like, <laughs> can he make a few spot starts? Sure, but just, is he on a is funny. he on a is he on a good competitive team in the future? Hopefully not. Like, <laughs> that's fair. I'll say three. You're probably gonna get a lot of threes for me here. I'll say three. Um, Jose Hernandez. Three. Wow. Okay. I was gonna go five. I was like, he might be the one I'm most because simply he's a lefty. He's he's young, cheap. Of the not so goods, he's been the better of. I'll say I'll say five. Okay. Um, the king Ryan Varucki. One. Sadly, <laughs> I'm gonna get I'm gonna some hate for that. <laughs> Yeah. Well, One, no, no, no. Maybe two. Give me two. I'll go two. I'll go two. For the reasons he has so much value that you capitalize on it now, you go and get the number two prospect in baseball. Actually, you go. You get Jackson Holiday right for Ryan Baraki. There you go. Now I'm going to say three. I'm just okay. going to say three. Thomas Hatch. I guess throw him out there. One. Okay. Uh, Yeri, De Los Santos. Two. I'm going to say three. <laughs> I like the talent. Colin Selby. Two. Three. <laughs> yeah. Harmon Majinski. Five. It's right where I'm at. Yeah. Definitely also, the most confident of the young relievers I am. I say, yeah, like we've liked his talent. Also, a Sherrington guy. You know, it's not like he just some guy picked up from the scrap heap or whatever. Like this guy you drafted, you developed. Probably a five. Um, Rowanzi. Ooh, they need him. Um, I'll say that much. Uh, how much confidence do I have in him? I think he could at least be a reliever, but you need him to be a starter. I- I'll go. I'll go five on on Contreras. I'm going to go eight. Ooh. Yeah, I'm going to go eight with him. Just for the fact that you're not as confident right now as you were. But I don't – like he's a guy – I don't want to say like the Mitch Keller route, but like he's a guy you're not giving up on so quickly. And like you said, like if he isn't, he's probably at least in the bullpen. You're you're trying to develop. You're trying to work on him. He doesn't have any trade value, right? So right. I feel like he's still on the team – at some capacity still. Maybe That's in the fair. minors. Yeah. Uh, Bailey Falter. Four. I'm going to go three. Mm. Yeah. 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 He's whatever. Quinn, I think there's a chance. I think there's a chance he sticks like, like a Steven Brault type. Um, 
Priester? Yeah. Six. I'm going four. I'm going four simply because excuse me, we talked about Priester, like his limitations. By 2025, you're probably hoping Solomito's here, like some other guys, and he just might be the odd man out that like, are you going to have him in the bullpen? Or are you going to try to trade him? He's still young. He was a top prospect. I feel like he he could be a piece you trade to get something in return or whatever. I don't um, think this team's in a position to trade arms with control. Yes and no, I feel like. I mean, in two years from now, you make a couple free agent moves. He probably has some value because he's still looked as young and some other team mm-hmm. can develop him. And you don't need another fifth starter. So that's all. Uh, ooh, who do we have left? Oh, Luis Ortiz. I think Luis Ortiz will be on the team in some capacity. Um, the stuff's too good. I'll give him a seven. I'm going to give him the, the row treatment. I'm going to give him an eight also. I would say out of Contreras, Priester, and him, I'm most confident that Ortiz will have some sort of role. So basically what you're saying is he will be a good bullpen arm regardless. I like what you're at. Yeah. Yeah. Like Roe, I can still question if he's a good bullpen arm. <laughs> right. Ortiz yeah. with his struggles, even I feel like he'll still be good in the bullpen. And I'm with you. And that's why I feel like I'm still giving this the, the Rowan's E treatment. He's getting an eight because he's going to be on this club in some capacity. Uh, yeah. All right. I think that pretty much wraps it up then. Uh, we didn't do, um, Oh, okay. No, you're good. JT Brewmaker. JT Brewmaker. Oh, yeah. Good call. That's why I didn't see him because he has no stats this year. Uh, so we got to do Burroughs and, and Brewmaker. So okay. let's start with JT. What's your take? Um, Two. I like JT Brewmaker. Like, I think he's a decent back of the rotation arm, but. Well, four years of service time, coming off Tommy John surgery. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go two. Gosh, yeah. Like the question I was gonna ask, I was gonna say three because also I feel like with him he could be a bullpen arm. Um, I guess my question is, if it's 2025. And like it comes down to, like, do you want JT or Quinn? Like, my, I guess, like my thought, like same thought process. Like, I would probably rather keep JT, trade Quinn, than like what keep option Quinn. You don't have to, you don't have to trade him. You tend him to triple A. Like, but like right now, I know, if you're, I know you're saying you don't have to. The, if you're choosing, but, if making me choose between the two right now, like I'd take JT Brew, like a healthy JT Brewbaker over Quinn Priester. Yeah. And I guess I'm saying, like, I feel like yeah. Quinn has a better value on the trade market than like a JT Brewbaker. And that's why you, you get the value out of Quinn, you keep the JT, and, and you just, like, I would just rather sign free agents than keep Quinn Priester. I feel like that's the route. Well, wow, we're getting pretty harsh on Quinn. Anyways, yeah, okay. Real harsh on Quinn. <laughs> like, he's 22. <laughs> I know. Burroughs. All right. Um, 
I like Burroughs at least as a bullpen arm, so I'm going to go pretty high here. I'll go with like a seven. I'm going to say five just because uncertainty. Uh, also, he's coming yeah. back from Tommy John. I haven't seen him yet either. I, I mean, you say this is him for JT, but you know, he was also a prospect. You didn't really know what you had in Burroughs either. I'll, I'll say five. I'm just indifferent. Okay. Um. All right. Does that wrap it up? I think that wraps it up. Actually, let's go. Um, yeah, that, that's that pretty much everybody. Okay. Yeah. Cool. That's good. So where do we want to go from here? We're doing prospects now, right? Um, yeah, let's do let's do some prospect talk. Let's start in the uh, the complex league. I think the 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 obvious choice here to talk about is Paul Skeens. Paul Skeens. We have some Paul Skeens talk on this on the show. Paul for Skeens makes his pro debut last week for the complex league Pirates. He pitches one inning. Gets one strikeout, so one, two, three inning. He threw 11 pitches, I think. Um, and that's all he's going to do in the complex league. He has now been promoted to the Bradenton Marauders. He will start for Bradenton on Tuesday, so tomorrow. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. The cool thing about Bradenton games, you've got StatCast on there. You've yeah. got um, the games are broadcast. They're pretty decent quality because they're in they're in uh, Lecom Park. So, you know, they've got a decent setup for as far as minor league games go so yeah tomorrow night paul skeens on uh milb.tv 705 are you gonna watch that are you watching the mets game i i might have both up i might i'll I'll both is the correct answer yeah but uh yeah yeah paul skeens finally here now what we've heard is probably gonna pitch about 20 innings this year um they also said after the bradenton start they'll reassess where the next one's gonna be so it doesn't sound like they're hoping or like anticipating to just keep him there. Like there's potential he gets moved up again at some point. Uh, so that's that's interesting. Like I was wondering to see like what they would do this year with him. We we all know he's probably very limited on his pitches. And now we hear twenty is about the the cap. Do you think he makes it a double A this year? Ooh, I could see him just skipping Greensboro altogether and going to okay. and making like a couple appearances in double A. I could gotcha. see it. So you so think the you, move is, but if you're like, if you're holding a gun to my head, you're saying is Paul Skeen's going to make Altoona this season? I'm gonna probably say no. There's a less than a fifty percent chance he does. That's fair. I would like to. I would like to just say at least like the one, like the last start. Like here's Altoona. Here's where you're gonna start next year because we know that's what's gonna happen. Um, so here, here's here's Altoona. Now you it have would all be off season to look forward to it. It would be something you could do too. Like Altoona's that's a that's a game where if you start skeins for Altoona and you give it enough leeway, like you give it enough runtime up up ahead of it, like Altoona will sell that game out with standing room only crowds. Altoona's not that far from Pittsburgh. Like people will go to that game. If they like announce a week ahead of time or like four or five days ahead of time, hey, Paul Skeens is making his double a debut this day that game will be sold out so could be a nice little bone to throw from the pirates to their uh double a affiliate as well not only not only is it good for development give them some double a action but it would be a good move to uh the actual altoona curve organization 
that yeah. game's bringing in like 10,000 fans. Oh, for sure. Well, that's, that's, that's a good point you make there too. Mm-hmm. What I was looking also is, are they playoff bound? That They're not that good. So yeah. I'm like, what if he makes it like, what if that's it? Like he makes this like the spot start like in their playoffs. Yeah. That's not going to happen. No, so, so people's <laughs> natural gas field, which by the way, is just a hilarious, I think name for a ballpark, people's natural gas. Um, but and I love like the PNC and then PNG. Yeah. But it holds 7,200 fans, but they've got that big lawn area out there and left. Like that, that game, they would pack it. 9,300 is the record. I think they could, Ooh. they could get like right, right there. With a, with a Paul Steen's debut. Yeah. I bet. Yeah. For a debut, like you're saying, I bet. Um, yeah, well, other, anyway, though, interesting. Paul Skeens is in the organization. He's now pitching. We can talk about him. We'll have some video on him. Stack cast stuff. Um, there was some stack cast stuff we could see as well for the last start. He was hitting 101. So all things that you'd like to see, right? Mm-hmm. It's going to be one inning. Might as well be perfect. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, right, right. Like, if we're going to have one inning, might as well be a perfect inning. Cool, cool. Let let us move up to Bradenton then. I want to bring up a pitcher. I'm sorry, not a pitcher, a hitter. Just because it's one of those things too where it's a new guy. Let's let's talk about him. It's a 13th round pick, Jim, from this year's draft. Charles McAdoo. I don't know the take of him. It's I know he's like for this level, he should be doing pretty good. But holy hell, Jim, he is tearing up Bradenton right now. Um, it's kind of like last last week we talked about Jed, right? Like, let's keep your keep your eye on this guy. I don't know, he's performing so good, but he has a 300 weighted runs created plus right now in in his eight games, batting 565, 655, 870. He's got a 1,522 OPS. Where'd this come from? He's a 13th round pick, and he's balling out. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a college bat, right? College bat from a decent program. You expect those guys to come into low A and do well. Like that would be your expectation. Because they're probably playing at like a high A level in college. Right. So it's kind of more just like getting them into the swing of things, getting a wood bat, you know. I mean, McAdoo put up some pretty good numbers at San Jose State. Um, so, you know, you expect them to be able to hit at these lower levels. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll, yeah, I mean, keep an eye on them. We always, we always talk about the small sample sizes, right? It's been six games for him, but if you're going to have six games, you might as well have a, have six games like this where you have a 300 weighted runs created plus. Oh, you know what? Fangrass isn't updated. It's actually seven games. Those numbers I spat out are actually old. They're even better. Said he's batting 577, not 565. There. He went so, two for three yesterday with two walks. Yeah, I mean, he's absolutely dominating the level. I don't really know what keeping him down there too much longer does for him at this point. <laughs> those, those college bats, like, once once they show you that they're able to hit that level, like, move them on up. There you go. <clears throat> Which Greensboro going to Greensboro. Um, you know what? Speaking of college bats, we haven't talked about this guy really 
at all. Um, third round pick from last year, 22 years old. He started the year in Bradenton, but he's been with Greensboro the last three weeks or so. Uh, Jack Brannigan, they weren't very aggressive with him, but you know he had a good first half in Bradenton. First three weeks in Greensboro, he's got eight homers in his first 18 games. That's ridiculous. Like even for that that stadium and that ballpark, he's basically homering every other day. Um, he's got a 182 weighted runs created plus. Still striking out a decent amount, but he's hitting 329. He's slugging 743 in high A ball. But just someone where you know, it, we just haven't really given Jack Brannigan any talk or, or or anything like that. I wasn't like a huge fan of the pick when they drafted him, but he he does have some talent. Like he was a he was a good college ball player. He was a two way player. They're they're basically making him just third baseman. Um, only but eight homers in 18 games I don't care where you're playing like you gotta that that's impressive I like it yeah. I'm a I mean Altoona would be next right and, mm-hmm. and I look at Altoona and I say okay you know what Salamito's there we've talked about him quite a bit he's been shaky of late he actually only lasted one inning yesterday uh so you Chen's there he's been like on a nice little hit streak but a lot of singles not a whole lot of power I know he's getting collecting hits every day, but still an 87 way to run square plus. Not not tuned well. So I'm gonna switch back. I'm gonna do something on these gym. I'm not talking about Altoona at all. I'm gonna go back to Greensboro because there's another guy that we actually haven't talked too much about either, who's putting in a really, really good performance. Um, and like the past two starts, uh let me pull him up again. Uh 9.2 innings, just one earned, 19 strikeouts in the 9.2 innings. Ho Yu Chen, he's he's putting up some really good numbers. Now, I, I use I know we talked about these arbitrary numbers, but just like he he had a rough start, which also is part of why we haven't talked too much about him. But since May 11th, Jim, 84.1 innings, 2.88 ERA, uh, 92 strikeouts, 28 walks. Ho Yu Chen putting up a really, really solid season right now in a hitter friendly Greensboro, also. Yeah, and you look at Po Yu Chen. Um, you like the fact he's a well, he's he's a righty, but you like the fact that he's young. Like he's twenty one yeah. years old. He's in high A ball. He's been there the entire season. He really kind of burst onto the scene. At, you know, pretty pretty high profile international signing, but that complex league where he went like he went like twenty four innings or something with a zero so ERA. His first like twenty four pro innings, like. He, he absolutely dominated that level at 19. Uh, so he's kind of making his way through the system. You're right. He did struggle a lot to start the year. I I, I don't quite know like what Po Yu Chen's ceiling is, but you got to, I mean, anytime you're a 21 year old in high A ball and you're, you're putting up respectable numbers. And now at this point, like he's actually, he's got good numbers. Yeah, you 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 want to take interest uh, with him. He's got a pretty deep pitch mix. Like with Po Yu Chen, the, the changeup is is there already at such a young age. So when you see like that developed changeup already at age twenty one, it it makes you interested in a guy because that is the hardest pitch to know how to like throw and, and, mm-hmm. and have command of. So the fact that you can get to that point at such a young age. It definitely raises your ceiling. 
Like being able to change, throw, being able to throw a quality changeup at age 21, you are putting yourself on a track to make the major leagues. Right. Yeah, you like what you see. Right. And, and again, like with that number I said, May 11th, uh, 14 starts, not one has gone more than three earned. So like he's been consistently just just good. <laughs> uh, so again, kind of give him a love because we haven't really talked about him too much on this show. Uh, and Altuna doesn't really deserve too much right now. Yeah, no, so that's fair. <laughs> um, I mean, if Altoona doesn't deserve a whole lot, neither does Indianapolis, really. So we going backwards to talk about again because that's where I'm at. Also, yeah, on this do we one. just want to do we just want to kind of go back to and we we talked we we had two people from Greensboro. Let's do, I mean, hell, let's do two people from uh, Bradenton. I guess. I guess if we're gonna talk about college bats, like. Do we want to talk about Mitch Jeb? So Mitch okay. Jeb. So if you remember, oh, I didn't have the kindest words. <laughs> I didn't have the kindest words about Mitch Jeb when he got drafted. I probably was a little bit too harsh on him. He burst onto the scene and he was hitting like 800 <laughs> in his first like I don't know four games something like that. Right. He's fallen back down to earth quite a bit. Uh, he is now hitting 300. Uh, he has a weighted runs created plus of exactly 100 on the dot um, through two weeks. He, um, yeah, I, the more you see of him, you, the more you're like, I don't know if this profile is going to work or not. Uh, obviously, you need to give him more time, but he, uh, he he's been a little bit of a slump this past week. Yeah, I think that's all fair. Cool, cool, cool. So that wrap up our prospect talk? Um, sure. All right. Yeah, I'm yeah. good with that. Uh, yeah. I felt like we could talk about tomorrow, but he hasn't been playing too well. He's starting to back-to-back games with home runs. He's maybe starting to find his groove, less strikeouts uh, in high. But uh, overall, still, numbers aren't too good. Um, so, yeah, so that's why we really talked about him. But I'm good with that. So let's move on then. We do have the Pirates entering a series with the Mets, a three-game series we talked about. So let's talk about the series. What are you expecting now? If we were talking four months ago and saying, look at these Mets, you'd be pooping your pants and saying that the Pirates can get swept easily. Here we are. It's August 14th. And what is your take of this upcoming Mets series? You look at this Mets team. And they're a disaster, <laughs> like top to bottom, just a disaster. I, it's incredible how a team that spends this much money can be this bad. But the Pirates are facing three starting starting pitchers this this series, and I don't know if. Well, let me let me first read you the Pirates starting three. So the Pirates are going with. Quinn Priester, Bailey Falter, Johan Oviedo. I think, and they're facing Carlos Carrasco, David Pet Peterson, and Tyler Miguel. Mm-hmm. The Pirates might have the better pitching matchup in all of those games. That's what's wild. Um, like Carrasco's been bad, Peterson's been bad, Miguel's been like they've all been really, really bad. Um, so, you know, the, the Mets rotation lines up perfectly. And then the Mets offense 
is pathetic. Like they're so bad. They can't hit like Pete Alonzo is putting together a decent season. Lindor's putting together a decent season, but a lot of that is just like, he hasn't been good lately. Lindor hasn't been good lately. Um, Nimmo's having a fine year, but like the rest of this lineup, like Raphael Ortega, like the, the what, who he's a 32 year old. And he's like starting center fielder for the Mets right now. And he's, just god awful. Like DJ Stewart is this team starting right fielder. These guys suck. Like <laughs> they're, they're a bad baseball team. So like the the Pirates have a very good shot of going in here and taking two or three. Like that's that's why I set up the question. Like I did it. it, it I understand the Mets are bad, and I feel just crazy thinking like. I'm out of my mind saying I feel like the Pirates could take two out of three. I feel like the, I mean, no one goes into a series saying like, "Oh, this team's going to sweep." But like, I wouldn't be shocked if the Pirates swept the Mets. That's where I'm at. And again, if this is four months ago and the Pirates swept the Mets, you'd be going nuts. Like, how I can't believe this happened. And at this point, if the Pirates do sweep the Mets, I wouldn't be shocked. I say, well, that makes sense. And we're talking about the 2023 Pirates. <laughs> yeah, and. Yeah, just like kind of put some numbers out there. I mean, since the trade deadline as well, because I mean, we know obviously the Mets unloaded. Since the trade deadline, the Mets have the worst pitching in baseball. Their ERA is a 6.73. Now, granted, it's not like Pittsburgh is doing fine. Pittsburgh, right. as a they have an ERA as a 5.38, but still, like, like you mentioned, you're going and playing these Mets. They have the worst pitching right now since the All-Star break. And when it comes to the bats, it ain't that much better. So you're looking at way to run creative plus since the uh oh change of date here. My bad. Um offensively, since the uh, the trade deadline, they have the 26th best offense, an 80 way to runs created plus, whereas Pittsburgh is 19th with a 93. So again, it's not as if like Pittsburgh's like is so much better of a team, but this is what we're talking like. There's nothing to fear right now in these Mets. They're just really, really, really bad. And you're talking about, I mean, just top down, like so many guys underperforming and guys that don't belong. Yeah. The the Mets, like I could see a pirate sweep. They're they're bad. And their bullpen is terrible too. Like they they're pitching like the pirates should be able to hit because these starting pitchers are going up against are garbage. And then if they can get to these guys, the bullpen garbage so yeah if you're the pirates you, you just you just had a pretty decent series against the reds like the bats woke up and they were hitting the ball over the fence you're atlanta you're kind of ex- I mean, atlanta yeah. into cincinnati like yeah they've been playing good baseball well they're they've better been playing, than like they've been playing decent baseball for who they are like but everything's on a curve right they're yeah, they're playing that's good. Where they put it they're playing good baseball for for like who they are right now, right? Um, and, and yeah, like this Mets team is just a dumpster fire. Like, here's a chance to go in and and feel good about yourselves the next three days. Yeah, I'm I'm totally with that. And again, like when I'm saying this stuff, it's not as if I'm like expecting a sweep or talking sweep. I'm just saying, like, again, like when I say it, I wouldn't be shocked if they swept. It's that's just how bad the Mets are right now. But I think the Pirates could absolutely take two of three. 
Now, of course, the Pirates are going to get swept, and we'll be talking about this on NS9 Live, saying what the hell is going on with the Pirates? And we yep. pissed off at Shelton for whatever reason. And but no, granted, like yeah, that's what that's where this like series stands right now. I mean, they're talking about the last place Mets um, in the division. Yeah, yeah, this is this is kind of crazy, but they are very bad. Yeah, I think um, like if we're making predictions, we nailed the Brave series. We I think we both said splits. I'll I'll say yes. I'll say I can't remember if I did say. I think you did, but I think I think the Pirates I take you two did. or three. I think Pirates take two or three against the Mets. Do you want me to get spicy? Get spicy. I mean, I've been I've been teasing it. It's not why I've been teasing it, but if I've been talking so much about I could see him sweep, let me just let me just do it. Oh, fine, you know what? I'm gonna say Pirates sweep. Does Bailey Falter get his first win of 2023? His very first win. <laughs> there we go. Charrington was cooking. <laughs> you heard it here. <laughs> um. Yeah, let's do it. Pirates sweep. That would be fun. That would be interesting. Yeah, let's just do it. They're certainly capable. Like this team. Like again, complete dumpster fire. The Mets are. All right. They're bad. <laughs> Let's roll with it. Anything else we want to talk to discuss? Nah, I think that's enough for today. Works for me. All right, then. We'll see you tonight uh, after the first Pirates victory towards the sweep. Uh, until then, bye-bye. See you all. Hey, you all. Thank you for watching. I know we try to provide the most entertaining content that we can, uh, and we'd love to spread it to as many people as possible. So uh, I know it doesn't seem like a lot, but if you could take the five seconds to like this video and subscribe to the page, it helps out so much more than you know. Thank you, and let's go Bucks.